Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 280 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well and uh, having a good day. So today's podcast session is all about building a personal brand on social media. I don't know about you, but for me, when I think of the word personal brand or even brand, it is completely intimidating. But Uh, You know, the reality is, especially as the internet continues to grow, it does make a lot of sense to have a digital footprint, right? A, A place online or even how others see you online and what you are known for and what you are not known for. And I know that a lot of us struggle with what even personal branding is, how to build one, how to figure out what to share and when to share it and how much to share. And if all of those things are things that you have struggled with, or if any of those things are things you've struggled with, today's session is definitely for you. My guest today is Lisa Mustard. Lisa's website is over at lisamustard.com. And Lisa is actually a licensed marriage and uh, family therapist, but she has a pretty awesome presence on social media. She's very much kind of in the, the fitness and health space. She posts a lot of things with regard to mindset and, and goals and all of these things. And the way she does it is amazing. I mean, you often, you, you know, at least for me, Uh, I used to think like you have to have this like well put together studio and high quality this and high quality that. But Lisa literally records things on her phone uh, and records sometimes things that are, you know, just in the car or something like that, of course, while she's parked. And um, yeah, and uh, it's just a different way and a very authentic way of doing things. We're going to cover a number of different things. In Lisa's mind, what does the word personal brand mean? And then how does Lisa decide how much to share? Meaning, what's that line between something being okay and safe to share online versus being too much info? And then the next one is area we're going to explore is a common mistake that clinicians make when it comes to building a personal brand. And then we're going to wrap up with three tips that Lisa would share if you are wanting to build more of a personal brand. Before we do get to today's podcast session, just wanted to take a moment that 
thank the team over at Headway for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Headway is a company, it's an app, it is an organization that helps therapists as well as the general public in order to connect um, the general public to therapists. And one of the really cool things that they do is helping you get on insurance panels. Now, it doesn't mean that your full caseload needs to be on insurance panels, but, you know, one of the things I think many of us, especially as we emerge of this, uh, as we go through this pandemic and as we continue to emerge out of it, is are recognizing that there is some wisdom in at least being on one insurance panel, especially because, you know, something like a pandemic was so unexpected. Yeah, and just just being on one insurance panel so that, you know, especially in those initial stages where there may be like, where, you know, folks may not be able to afford our private pay fees or something like that, you have a little bit of a buffer. So whether you are a brand new therapist that's not on insurance panels or or you're a seasoned therapist, Headway actually helps you get on to those insurance panels. And they do it in a pretty fast way compared to other options out there. Uh, and just talking with the Headway team, one of the things that they mentioned is, for example, for like United Healthcare, typically it takes around three to six months for an average clinician to join that panel, but they can actually do that as quickly as three weeks, which practically what that means is you're much quicker on insurance panels and getting to see clients and building out your practice. You can learn more about Headway and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Headway. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Lisa Mustard from lisamustard.com. Before we do get to today's podcast session, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Headway for supporting this month's podcast session. So Headway is this company that makes it much easier for clinicians to accept insurance, whether you are a solo practitioner or you are in group practice, and whether you want to be in-network or out of network in either one of those scenarios, whether you're a solo practitioner or a group practitioner. Now, one of the most challenging things I know as a clinician is what if you want one of your clients needs to see a psychiatrist or a nurse practitioner in order to prescribe medication? Sometimes it's easy to post on a Facebook group. We may or may not get a response. It's kind of a crapshoot, so you quite... you don't quite know. And one of the really cool things with Headway is that they have a number of psychiatrists as well as nurse practitioners that are available for you as being part of the Headway network. And so literally what it is, is, and in fact, they, as I record this, they have over 500 prescribers in network that can prescribe medications within 45 hours, or 40, sorry, 48 hours. All you simply have to do is fill out a form on Headway and they take care of the rest for you. You can learn more about Headway over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Headway. Hey Lisa, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hey Melvin, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for our conversation. One, I'm excited and grateful for our friendship, but I when I thought about this topic 
this idea of personal branding and building a personal brand on social media. I know one that that language I think can kind of terrify a lot of therapists. <laughs> but you know, I think the way that I sort of see it is especially in this age of the internet, I think it's building a personal brand. I think for me it's like one coming from a place of service and then two, you know, just being someone that is a, a recognized authority in a certain niche, you know, or space. And yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation because I feel like you do this exceptionally well. It's almost like it comes naturally to you, <laughs> you know, whereas I have to like really work at it and yeah. half the time, but probably more than half the time, probably don't technically get it right, but I don't know. So, but grateful for our conversation. Yeah, me too. I'm grateful for our friendship as well. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah. This term, right? Personal brand gets thrown a lot, gets thrown around a lot, especially online. In your own words, what is it? As simply stated as, as possible, a personal brand is really your reputation. What people say about you when you're not there. What are you known for? That's really as simple as it gets in my mind. Yeah, that's such a good way. So it's how you are seen and how people, what people say about you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So if I were to ask you, Melvin, when you think about me, what three things come to mind? I'm hopeful, crossing my fingers, that you'll say the things that I'm hoping you'll say, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know one of them. It's like one I know it's like fitness and health. Right. Uh, those are like things. Uh, I think like another one, maybe like audience, audience building and showing up as your authentic self. Awesome. <laughs> you have another one? Oh, man. That's okay if you don't. Those actually, it's great that you say those things because those are two of my passions. And so you kind of are hitting the nail right on the head. It's I, I'm doing my job correctly. And in and I want to encourage folks today to not be scared of writing down those things that they want to be known for and really truly defining them because that is that's how you're gonna show up moving forward if you want to either level up your personal brand, maybe create your personal brand, or maybe revisit how you've been branding yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanted to actually ask you a little bit more about that. So you said like intentionally writing that down, what would that look like? So would it be as simple as like, you know, I guess even, I mean, just to put myself on the hot seat, right? Like I want to be known as like the person that the person in the helping professions that talks about income and impact beyond the therapy room, right? Is it like, does it need to be like that sort of thing? Or it, yeah, I guess like, yeah, I would love to just pick your brain. Sure. On. So how I usually start with folks is ask them to identify their, their values and their priorities. So you would identify your highest values and priorities, and that can be professionally and it can be personally, because that's really what a personal brand is all about, is it's combining all of the things that you are, that you value and that you live out congruently. So for you, it makes total sense to me that that is one of your branding points, because that's what I know you for. You've probably done this without even knowing you were doing this, creating a personal brand. You have shown up on social media with always providing value and always being of service. I see that in your brand. Now, there are other things I see in your brand too, like you're a family guy, 
you know, you love your wife, you love your child, you're very passionate about creating the time freedom that you have created for yourself over the past couple of years. And you love to help others do that as well. You love the field of psychology. I know you do. And you struggled with, do I cut back on private practice to go after something that I truly love? Like you you share your entire journey with your audience. And that is what personal branding is all about. So you are hitting the nail on the head, even if you didn't realize that you were, <laughs> if, if those are the things that you want to be known for, Yeah. right? Because part of the issue is, like I realized a couple of years ago that what do I want to be known for what I'm talking about? Because then people will reach out and start asking me questions. And I was like, wait, I don't know if I want to be known for that because that's not the direction I want to go in. So as you're, as you're thinking about your personal brand, what do you want to be known for? What are you hoping to grow? What are you hoping to share with people? Um, how can you help them? What, what problems can you solve for them? And you know, you mentioned health and fitness for me, and that is something I'm passionate about. But I also get lots of messages on, hey, can you help me get fit? Can you, what program do you recommend? And I realized I was like, that's not the direction I really want to go in. So I had to kind of rein that in a little bit and decide it's part of who I am. So how do I share that versus, hey, I can help you get in shape? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So how do you share like that? Like that's a part of who you are, but that's maybe not sort of the direction you're envisioning for your business? Is that right? How how do you, I guess, how did you even navigate that? Because I think that's a tension a lot of, lot of, lot of our colleagues feel, which is, you know, they may be like, for example, I done random, like I've done landscape photography for 15 years. I know a lot about it. There's still a ton of stuff I don't know because it's super complex, but I don't exactly want to be known for landscape photography, at least at this point, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So I think you have to be very mindful of what do you share when it comes to your photography? So do you share, because people are going to see, oh, Melvin has so much expertise. He can help me. He can give me tips. Mm. Well, maybe that's not what your intention is, Mm. but if somebody reaches out to you and they say, Hey, I see you're into, um, you know, photography, can you teach me X, Y, and Z? You'd say, you know, that's not my, that's not my expertise, but here's your resource. Mm. And so you become that person that they still want to connect with and grow a relationship with because you're providing value, you're providing a service. Now, for me, I was getting a lot of messages about help me, you know, get in shape. And, and so I was like, I don't, that's, I need to tweak my message. I need to reformat how I'm sharing it. So I talk now about health and wellness and fitness being what it's taught me, like personal growth and development, working through resistance. Um, the obstacle is the way, what, what doing something in the gym consistently um, has shown me, has taught me about perseverance. And so I, I like, that's the message that I want to get out is more about consistency of action, um, personal growth and development, self-confidence. We can do hard things versus, Hey, lose the body fat, get in shape, you know, (laughs) use this program. Um, and I, I think it's just a combination. You, you ha- just, you got to test things out. And along the way, you're going to probably, you know, that's what marketing is. Because really, at the end of the day, we're marketing ourselves. And so it's a lot of testing of messages. It's a lot of seeing what works, what doesn't. And just because something doesn't, you know, fly or you don't get the type of um, engagement that you were hoping for, doesn't mean you shouldn't retest it down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it comes to social media, there's a lot of things at play. 
Yeah. And there's so much noise out there and, and there's so much to take away from our focus and attention. That's really why building a personal brand is important. If you're a therapist out there and you, you're looking to grow your brand, you can't just post once or twice a week and, and pray <laughs> to the Facebook algorithm that you're going to get an inquiry or someone's going to refer you. You really have to work at this. And I'm not saying you have to you know, be a slave to social media, but you need to get really clear and strategic on how you are going to move forward. Yeah. And I think even to that point, like uh, one like nuances, uh, you have to, you don't have to be on every social media platform, but ideally what you want to be on is a social media platform that caters to your strengths, like, right. That's like your unique competitive advantage and ideally where your ideal clients or customers are as well. Exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, That's really yeah, smart. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, even when you were saying this, like I was, again, I, I don't know that I even like mindfully <laughs> think about this stuff, but I, uh, you know, like on, and I don't post a ton on Instagram, but like when I do, it's usually like having to do something with walks or like some photo that I took on, you know, on, on my phone. And I guess like one thing, and I wasn't like mindfully doing it, but I guess now looking back, it probably was a good idea. I started tying the photo to like my routine and sort of lifestyle freedom kind of topics, right? Like, so, you know, I, I remember one I had on like a morning walk that I did, right? And so I sort of talked about, you know, why I do the morning walk and how I found this really interesting research on the benefits of hiking and stuff like that, you know? So I try to like, again, it wasn't like, it was just to share, but I guess now in, in the context of how we're having this conversation, it, it's neat to think that, you know, that there is like different ways you can take one piece of content and sort of morph it into, into a way that, that aligns with how you want to show up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. So I've, you know, jumped back into private practice and I decided to go the private pay route. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how do I tap into outer network benefits for clients that might want to use it? Now, the common sort of perspective or tip that a lot of folks say is just to provide a super bill for clients. But the reality is, I feel like most clients aren't going to go take a super bill and then call the insurance company and then deal with that whole mess of trying to communicate with the insurance companies and waiting on reimbursement and all of that kind of stuff, right? And then at some point, especially if they're keenly aware of budget and stuff like that, they're like, oh my gosh. I may not be able to afford working with this therapist and all of those kind of things, right? Thri this is where Thryzer comes in. And the really cool thing with Thryzer is that they will actually float the clients for the sessions. So basically, when you sign up for Thryzer, you can automatically submit out-of-network claims for your clients. It's simply done through an app. It literally takes seconds. And Thryzer takes care of all of the insurance stress. So we don't have to deal with it as clinicians. Our clients don't have to deal with it. And clients just pay what they owe for, for actual sessions, i.e. like the difference between your rate and the reimbursement rate in order to skip the long insurance wait. All they have to do is pay the standard 3% credit card fee. There is no monthly contracts or fees or anything like that. 
If you would like to try out Thryzer, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, enter the promo code STC so that your first $2,500 in fees are waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and Thryzer is spelled T-H-R-I-Z-E-R, and enter the promo code STC. Um, how do you decide how much to share online? That's a really, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I know you and I were just chatting and you mentioned something about you wouldn't share something that your grandparents wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be proud of. And that made me kind of giggle because I think one of my grandmothers, well, all of my grandparents are, are deceased, but one of my grandmothers probably wouldn't even know how to get on social media. And the other one would applaud me no matter what the heck I did. So I think it's, I honestly had a long talk with my husband about, you know, moving forward. I want to show up more on social media. So personally, I, I mean, I don't, I don't share much of my, my family life. I don't show my kids. I don't really show my husband. And that's just basically because they're young and it's privacy. And I want to teach them how to use social media um, responsibly and for the good and for positivity and, uh, you know, being of value and service to others. And um, I think it just is personal for everybody. I have some friends that will share everything, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. I like to, I don't think we should use social media as our outlet for, um, and even as therapists, like, I don't think we want to use social media as a place for therapy. I think we want to, I like to show up um, and share the stuff that I, you know, that I've been through and like how I've come out on the other side. And I don't claim to be perfect and I don't claim to have everything figured out. Um, But I really do like to show look, this is what I've learned over the past couple of years. And this is how I think about things. And this is, you know, it may not be for you and that's okay. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. We're not supposed to be everybody's cup of tea. We can't please everyone. So that's how I think about it. You know, just, does it show my kids? (laughs) Does it show my husband? And if the answer is yes, and I usually won't, won't share too much, but I think it's a personal decision for everybody. And yeah, I think that just comes down to, to that. Yeah, no, I'm, so glad like you thought about it and or you were thinking about it and those things uh, in I guess in that realm because I mean honestly it's something that I, I struggle with 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 our daughter I mean even especially as she gets older you know and presumably I mean not that I'm gonna like have like this humongous platform or something right but you know I, I think about that like you know uh, our dad has a podcast. I mean, it was funny the other, like literally the other day, she like grabbed my phone and somehow pulled up the podcast app. And then she's like, I want to listen to daddy. Oh. And then I, was <laughs> like, oh. I was like, but it's like, you know, as she gets older, like I do, I, I think a lot about these kind of things. Like, what do I post? But then it's that balance too, because, you know, I've gotten so many kind and sweet notes because I mean, we went through so much, you know, with her being a preemie and all of these things. And there's just such a humanizing element to it. But yeah, it's definitely something I think a lot about, you know, not because like, I don't want to share, but it's more like I'm balancing that with like safety, you know, as well. Right. Oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah. You have to know what fits for you and your family and what you're comfortable with. It always comes back to that. Always. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What's a common mistake that clinicians make when it comes to building a personal brand? They don't have one. Mm. (laughs) I see that a lot. And I I pay attention to that these days because I get a lot of 
requests now to come onto my podcast. And usually the first thing I do is, oh, I'm curious about this person. What value do they have to offer? So I will go and kind of look on social media and see what value they offer. And you get a sense of what people are about. So I think it's that they don't have one. And I know that a lot of therapists out there are probably saying, but Lisa, I'm a therapist. I don't feel good about that confidentiality, anonymity, all of that stuff. And I, I totally get that. And a couple of years ago, I went to a seminar, a workshop where they talked a lot about social media and being a therapist. And so for those, I just want to plug this one resource. I don't, it's a free resource. And maybe you've heard of Dr. Keely Combs. Have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so she, come on the podcast. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. good. So I really want to refer people to her social media policy that she has for her clients, because I think that's really important because um, I don't want folks to think that my suggestion is that they just get online and then they start, you know, people are DMing them or sending them questions because that's not a really ethically appropriate for therapists. So I just, I just see that a lot of therapists don't really have a personal brand. And, you know, as we are connecting more and more on Facebook, there's a thousand Facebook groups for therapists and we're going into these groups and we are looking for advice. We're looking to connect and network. Um, it's, I want you guys to think about what are you showing on your personal wall? If you're looking to go on podcasts, if you're looking to create a service outside of therapy, if you're looking to just network in general, um, it's okay to have a, it's okay to have a personal brand because it just, it allows other people to get to know, like, and trust you. And I think that's just something that we're a little bit behind the times, I think, to do things, um, as therapists, because we're worried and we're worried about liability. And I totally get all those things, but as, as we move into 2021 and 2022, like the, the times are a changing and, um, we want to be growing our practice or growing our, uh, network. We have to really kind of up our game a little bit. I, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think a lot of it also like ingrained into, how we're trained and all of those kind of things. Like there's this sort of um, like blank slate appearance that a therapist should do, but yeah, but that, that perspective is, is changing because the reality is, I mean, so many clients, I, I feel like they connect with the human side. I mean, they may do like a look, definitely look a look and interest of like what your niches and expertises are. But ultimately, especially with something like a therapeutic relationship, there is that human element, you know? Yeah, for sure. Lisa, just sort of, I guess the the final question, and maybe we can dive a little deep into this, but what are like three tips that you would give to a clinician who wants to build more of a personal brand? I mean, they're listening to this. They've heard this phrase before. And they're like, man, I know that especially as we emerge out of this pandemic, this like this is so vital. And and I guess, yeah, let's definitely dive into those tips. Sure. Well, the first tip would be definitely identify your strengths and what makes you unique and how do you help people just identify those things, write them down. They don't have to be, you know, perfect, but just write down what your strengths are. And if you don't know your strengths, go take the um, I think it's the Gallup poll. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great great resource. Yeah. I am. Um, I do you remember the exact name. I was actually going to recommend that because I, I recently took that maybe definitely like a couple of months ago. It's like, is it, it's not the strengths finder, right? It's the, it is. 
It is just, I think you just Google like Gallup Strength Finder because I just okay. took it not too long ago as well. But that's, I think, how I found it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely put that a link to that in the show notes for you guys mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, that's a good one. And then, yeah. and then uh, what else? Like, how can so, folks find their strengths? And then after you, well, ask, ask people, ask a colleague, ask if you're still in supervision, you know, ask your supervisor, um, ask your friends, um, ask your social media network. When you think of me, what three strengths come to mind or three things come to mind? I mean, that's actually a really great way to, to get some feedback is just ask your social media network. What do they, when they think of you, what three things come to mind? You can ask that question. Um, know your, and then the second tip would be know your values and know what you stand for. I think that's really important. And I think that's, that's something that I didn't really have an idea about until about seven years ago. Um, as you know, really taking a deep dive into my values and my priorities. And that really helped me um, get clear on the path that I wanted to take moving forward as a therapist in my own, in my career, not just yeah. like with models or theories, but as a therapist. Uh, Lisa, I wanted to ask you like, mm-hmm. so values, I think that word gets used a lot, like, mm-hmm. right. Like how, even diving a little deeper, like how did you find, like, what's an example of like a value for you? <laughs> yeah. Like, even- yeah. Well, I know it's such a, it's such an interesting conversation, but I just tell folks, okay, get on Google and just Google core values and what you'll see won't start to make sense for you. Um, so my core values are family first, um, time and financial freedom, and then creatively making a difference in the lives of others, which would probably be around impact or achievement. So once I got really clear on what I valued, I started to really get tap into them. And, and so a lot of people would say, oh, I value family. Well, I really value focusing on my family. And what I find is that a lot of people are kind of out of whack with their values. They say they focus, they say they value their family, but then the lifestyle that they live doesn't allow them to spend time with their family. Like they thought they were going to, or that they want to. And so a lot of it is, okay, how congruently are you living this value out? And that's where things started to really shift for me was when I got clear on the value, my values, um, optimal and vibrant health is a huge value of mine. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, I value health. Well, I don't want to just value health. I want optimal and vibrant health as I enter. I'm in my late forties now. I want optimal and vibrant health because that looks different at 40, almost 48 than it did at 29, right? And it looks different now that I have children. So your values are going to shift. They're going to evolve. My core values have always been there. The way I describe them has probably shifted though over the past 10 years. Um, there's nothing wrong with valuing fun, having a good time. There's nothing wrong with valuing music or art. There's nothing wrong with those things. If that's one of your values, how are you showing up and living them out congruently? And that's a whole other, like, <laughs> that's a whole other thing I do as a life coach is, is take a deep dive into to values with folks. Because what I find is like, we get stuck when we don't congruently show up and authentically show up and living our values. And I see that a lot in my work. I see it with my peers. I see it a good bit. I mean, I completely agree with you on that. I think, yeah, when I see it a lot among our colleagues that sort of burnt out, you know, yeah, there's, I mean, you said it made a really good point that sort of misalignment, right? Like, and this is honestly something that I had to like have sort of just an honest conversation with myself, right? Like, 
telling myself like, hey, Mel, you're on one hand, you're saying you value family time and you value like self-care and like optimizing your schedule and your health and all of these things. But yet, like, I mean, even with STC, I mean, granted, I as part of this is because it just work schedule and I had to like figure it out. But I mean, like early days of STC, like I was getting up like crazy, like 3.30 in the morning or something just so that I could like work and build this stuff out. And then I would go into the group practice. Like I'd take the train at like seven, you know, just part of it was like circumstantial, but it was also like, I had to come, I just had to have a moment where I was like, you know, this isn't sustainable. And this is like not in alignment with, you know, right. How you want to show up. I totally, I can so relate. I can so relate. And I think a lot of people listening probably can relate too. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the the first thing is the strengths and sort of your unique abilities. The second one is knowing your values and then any sort of other. Yeah. So my last tip would be know where you want to go. What, where do you want to accomplish? What is your end goal? And um, like I said earlier, you, you, what you, what you put out is what you become to those people on social media, to your network. And if you don't know where you want to go yet, that's okay too. You can just start working on the other things like your strengths, your values, and creating content from there. I think that, you know, I, for many years held myself back. I didn't show up authentically and congruently. I was scared. I was worried what people were going to think. And then when I finally just kind of said, you know what, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's all right. Like we're not, then that's how we all are. Like we're not going to be everybody's um, cup of tea and we're not supposed to be the right people who need us in their lives and, and understand the value that we offer and this, the, the support that we offer will be there when we start showing up authentically and congruently. Yeah, that's such a good way of putting it. I, I think it's a hard lesson that I learned and learning that just because you're a nice person <laughs> uh, doesn't mean everyone's going to resonate with your message, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a weird tension, you know, because I know that a lot of us like struggle with things like people pleasing and all of those things. And it's just, I think that's part of it, right? Like part of personal branding is like having the courage to put yourself out there and walking in your truth, walking in your values and realizing there are people that won't resonate with the message. And I would say 90% of the time, maybe it has nothing to do with you, but just not letting that like deter you, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And that's hard. And, you know, as you grow, your brand grows, you're definitely going to have people that kind of come out and want to give you a hard time. And, and I know you've probably experienced that if you've grown your show and I've had a little bit of that, not, not too much, but I think, you know, it's, it's just part of it. It's just, it's part of putting yourself out there. And yeah. So I'm, I think anybody who will, who's listening and wants to grow their personal brand, you, you've totally got this and I know you can do it. I mean, I feel like if I can do it, anybody can, it's really just, you just have to, you just have to be brave, you know, put yourself out there. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the other thing is like, it looks different for everyone, right? Like some people, personal branding and and sharing their, I, I sort of see it as sharing our message. Right. And some of us, it's like, we're, you know, like very public facing, like we may have a podcast or we're doing live streaming or we're creating videos. Others of us, it may be more simple, like, you know, we're just, you know, on Pinterest and sort of accumulating stuff and that's okay. Like all of those are 
okay, you know? Yeah. Whatever works, whatever you like, whatever you enjoy, start there. Of course, I would suggest go where your target audience is. You know, definitely think about your target audience. Um, I create, it seems like I create more for Facebook. I'm getting more in, into Instagram. And Clubhouse is this new new, new social media networking app that, oh my gosh, is just really cool. And I'm really enjoying Clubhouse. And that's another place you can build your brand. It's really something, I mean, the opportunities are endless. The free opportunities are endless. And that's why I think it's really important to have a personal brand because it's free. And the algorithm media, if you have a Facebook page, they want you to pay. They want you to pay to play, right? You guys have probably put stuff up on your Facebook page and you wonder why it doesn't get any engagement. Well, they want you, they, they know it's a business, so they want you to pay. They want you to run ads. If you have a personal brand on your wall and you're providing value and you're giving service, I have, you know, people reach out to me and say, I want to refer somebody to you for a consultation. Great. Thank you so much. This is how the best to reach me. Here's my scheduling link. Um, I get more engagement on my personal wall than I do on my, my pages. So you just really got to don't think you have to think outside the box. And if you're worried about confidentiality and all those things, then I want to definitely encourage you guys to go look at Dr. Keely Combs information because she does a great job of explaining, you know, confidentiality on the, on the therapy side of things. Um, so I don't want anybody to confuse what I'm saying with like, just throw your stuff out there willy-nilly, friend friend your clients. Heck no, don't do that. Um, you know, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Lisa, I'm so grateful for you. Uh, grateful for this time together. Where can we learn more about you and the awesome work that you're doing in the world? Well, thanks for having me, Melvin. I really, I mean, I've, I was so excited last night, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be on STC. So if folks want to reach me, they can go to my website, lisamustard.com. And of course, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and now Clubhouse. And I'm I'm here for you guys if I can answer any questions. Um, I really want you to feel like you can reach out to me. Um, and I say that with, and I mean it, I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. Because um, I know that this can be a weird place to start, you know, thinking through. So I'm here for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lisa, thank you again for this time. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Have a great rest of your day. As we wrap up again, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Headway for supporting today's podcast session. So as a clinician, if you're a brand new clinician and you are thinking about taking insurance, whether it's kind of part of your practice, like a handful of slots or all of your slots, it can be really intimidating to get on insurance panels. There are so many things to fill out, and it seems like if you make one little error, the whole thing gets rejected. It's super stressful. I remember, and then the other issue is, and I remember this when I was in the group practice, it took nearly six months to actually just get on these insurance panels. The group practice was very gracious to do it for me, but it was nerve-wracking because here I am just sort of waiting, you know, when I had first gotten licensed and, and joined a group practice. Now, Headway takes care of this for you. If you're a new clinician they that just wants to get started with the insurance, they actually work with you to get on insurance panels. In fact, when I was speaking with their team they, one of the things they mentioned, for example, is the average time to join the United Healthcare Network is three to six months, and Headway can actually do this in as little as three weeks. Now, if you are a seasoned private practitioner, 
uh, one of the things you may have realized during this pandemic is there probably is some wisdom to at least have a handful of slots or to take like one insurance uh, to account for things like pandemics. Now, what you can actually do if you are a primarily a, a private pay practitioner, you can actually have a few slots so you don't have to switch your whole practice over completely. And if for some reason, even if you're a private pay practitioner and let's say you want to do out of pocket for a handful of things, what of client slots, what Hedwig can do is they can actually work with you and take care of all of that administrative work. So you get full administrative support. That way you can just focus on seeing clients and doing the good work that you're doing in the world. You can learn more about Headway over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Headway. Hey gang, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast session with Lisa and especially if you've been thinking about how to establish more of a personal brand online. I hope that today's podcast session has been really helpful for you. You know, one of the things that Lisa and I were talking about after the podcast session that I wanted to make sure we covered was even thinking through like, how do you post on social media? And I wanted to just share something that Lisa shared with me. And I've heard a version of this, but Lisa just articulated it so well. So when you're thinking about like a social media post, like an individual social media post, it should try to do three things. And now it doesn't need to do all three of them. It could be one of them, or it could be a combination of two, however you want to do it. Those three things should be, you should try to educate, you should try to empower, and you should try to entertain. Educate, empower, and entertain. So that framework has been really helpful for me in thinking about some of the things that, you know, I post on social media, I feel like I'm not like super great at it. I'm okay. I just try to show up and try to be helpful. And uh, that's sort of the framework that I think a lot about. Um, I think one, it also helps me to think about it as building a personal brand, like service is one of my most important values. And so this framework really helps me to say, you know, what is what I'm about to post on social media? Is it just like a, you know, purchase this kind of thing? Or is it genuinely coming from a place of both educating, empowering, and uh, on some level, entertaining, (laughs) entertaining folks? So yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you a framework for that. Show notes to today's episode can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number two eight oh. As we wrap up again, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Headway for supporting today's podcast session. So one of the really cool things uh, of being part of Headway, by the way, it's actually free for providers. And the way that Headway gets gets compensated is they get compensated through the insurance company. So they take like a, a very small percentage. And one of the, the really cool things with Headway is this is a big struggle I know that a lot of therapists have, which is they may want to refer a client to a psychiatrist, a nurse, a psychiatric nurse practitioner or something like that. And you don't even know where to start. And the ones that you come across, they're often also private pay. And that may be cost prohibitive to a lot of clients. The really cool thing with Headway is they have a very 
vast network. So they currently, as I record this, there are over 4,000 therapists and psychiatrists that are part of the Headway network. So if you have someone that needs help or needs medication management or something like that, the Headway team will actually work with you and make sure that they get that your client gets the services that they need. The really cool thing is they will actually coordinate and take care of that for you. It's almost like having an admin team uh, with you. And I think particularly if you are a solo practice, uh, this is particularly helpful for you. And even if you're a group practice, it's particularly helpful as well. You can learn more about Headway and the services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Headway. Have a great rest of your week and uh, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.